Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Romans chapter 2, let's start reading in our Bible. For as many as have sinned, verse number 12, Romans chapter 2, verse 12, without law, shall also perish without law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. If you take a man and you tie him to his bedside, he is going to say, I am unable to walk. And it isn't going to be his fault that he can't walk. It's going to be the fault of the man that tied him to the bed. If you tied a man to a bed, he's not going to sit in there and blame himself. He's going to blame you. Because you would be to blame. You tied him. He's not going to take any consequences at all. He's not going to take the responsibility of any of them. And anytime you can point to an external, you can relieve yourself of the responsibility of the consequences because if it's somebody else's fault it ain't your fault you can tie my hands you can tie my feet but you can't tie down my desires and my will and what god's trying to show here in romans chapter two i'm free (laughs) i can walk physically i'm not tied to a bed i'm free Yet I'm in bondage because internally I'm tied. I'm in bondage. And I can't point to somebody else and say, it's your fault. God is taking away every single argument that mankind would have to justify himself. And he says, he's laying out Romans chapter two, you're guilty. (laughs) You're guilty. Don't point to anybody else. Point to yourself. Only Jesus can say, thy sins be forgiven thee, arise and take up thy bed and walk. Only Jesus Christ can say that. And before we get to Romans 3, being justified freely by his grace, before we get to that, God lays out all the charges in all of the details against all of mankind. There's an unwritten law. There's an internal law that ties us and binds us and makes us all guilty let's read verse number 13 for not the hearers of the law are just before god but the doers of the law shall be justified but when the gentiles which have not the law do by nature the things contained in the law these having not the law are a law unto themselves which show the work of the law written in their hearts their conscience also bearing witness and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another in the day when god shall judge the secrets of men by jesus christ according to my gospel that's a lot. Isn't that a lot? That's pretty meaty. You know what the Jews had? An advantage. What was that advantage? The law. So a Gentile can say, well, God, you gave them the law. It would be fair. It would be just if you judged them because you gave them the law. But you can't judge us because you didn't give us the law. 
Man is so slick in his argumentation that he tries to find a spiritual way to say, I'm okay with God. And he's not okay with God. So God says, do you know the law? Okay, that's an X term. I'll judge you on that. God says, do you know not the law? Okay, I won't judge you on that external law. Instead, I'm going to judge you on an internal law, an unwritten law. God is fair and God is just. He's a perfect gentleman and he is going to judge you based on what you do know and based on the light that he did give you, not based on what you didn't know. Well, I didn't know. (laughs) You've been a parent any length of time. You know those words. (laughs) All right. So what does it mean here? Uh, Let's get back to the text. It says... Uh, it says written, written in your hearts in verse number 15. Look at that. Which show the work of the law written in your hearts. What in the world does that mean? If you are a business owner, I'm going to ask you, is it okay if your employees steal from you? <laughs> well, no, that's not okay. Why not? The unwritten law. Why do you know that's wrong? Take an unsaved parent. They don't know the Lord. They're completely unregenerate. And ask that unsaved parent, would it be okay for your children to lie to you? Well, no, that's not okay. Why? I'll tell you why. It's an unwritten law. God wrote something on your heart And it bears witness to what is right and to what is wrong. Look at verse number 14. Another word I'd like to draw out to you. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature, do by nature. It's interesting that it says by nature. The Stoics, Stoicism, they believed that external perception was the basis of true knowledge. So they said, well, live according to what? the natural material world would teach you and I. And they believe that the goal of man is to live according to nature. That's why you hear mother nature, father sky, that whole thing. That's where that's a branch off of that tree. It's interesting that um, Paul argues under the Holy Spirit's inspiration of verse number 14, uh, that the nature of man is internal. And that not that an, an, an interesting contrast when false religion and man's philosophy looks at by nature externally, which, okay, there's an argument for that. You can see nature. But Paul here argues there's something internal that by nature there's something written in your hearts. Gnosticism takes the same approach. Having knowledge means you reach enlightenment. And both of those philosophies, there's no sin to be repented of. It's just knowledge. We just want to gain knowledge. Knowing, not doing. Let me say this. You can possess yourself with the knowledge of God's truth, but not subject yourself in obedience to it. 
I don't think any one of us would want to go up against the devil in a in a in a uh, a Bible quiz. The devil's belief and tremble, which is more, which is sometimes more of what you can say to so-called Christians nowadays. They got no trembling. They don't fear God. There's no repentance there. It's just they've got some knowledge. They believe because they have knowledge. And people settle down into a false peace. You know why? Because they know things. Well, yeah, I know that. I know that. I know. We need to be careful. We don't just have head knowledge. Look at verse number 13, because we're going to try to unpack this. Bible says, for the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. That sounds like salvation by works. Well, not to me, it doesn't. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. And so we are good at cherry-picking Bible verses and resting them to our own destruction because we don't want to understand context. It's too much work. It's too much work. And I can cherry-pick a bunch of verses and get you to believe that that drinking's okay and get you to believe that, well, you know, look, God gave every green earth. And so marijuana's okay and, and all that stuff. Lost people know a couple of verses. Don't judge. And Jesus drank wine. Okay. Why? Because they take passages of the Bible yes. out of the scripture and try to use them to get away with wrong, really. And we ought not do that. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Amen and amen. We can't be justified by the law. But when you look at Romans chapter 2, verse 13, I have this problem. I'm sure you have this problem. We fail to read all the words. Yes. <clears throat> or as we read all the words, we're thinking it means something else. It doesn't say this. Let me read this wrong. But the doers of the law are justified. It doesn't say that. It says, but the doers of the law shall be justified. That's a future tense. You know how we are justified? Get Acts chapter number 13. We'll look at these verses. Acts chapter 13 and get 1 Corinthians 6. Acts chapter 13. And you might as well get 1 Corinthians 6 as well, so we can flip there rather quickly. Okay. All right. Uh, Acts chapter 13 we'll do first. Look at verse, look at verse number 39. And by him, that be Jesus Christ, all that believe are justified from all things from which he cannot be justified by what? Amen. 
the law of Moses. You know how you are justified? What does Acts say? By believing. You are justified if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. What does verse number 39 say at the end? You could not be justified by the law of Moses. So lest anybody read Romans chapter 2 and think that they can be justified by works, let me give you a resounding no. You cannot be. It says shall be, not are. We'll come back to that thought in a minute, but let's do our 1 Corinthians verse. 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 6, look at verse number 11. How are you justified? 1 Corinthians 6, verse 11. And such so for some of you, that would be verse number 10. But ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord and by the spirit of our God. How are you justified? Not by the works of the law. By what? The spirit of our God. So what does Romans 2 verse 13 mean? But the doers of the law shall be justified. Do you want people to be justified? Do you want people to be saved? I do. I am sure you do. I want people to get closer and closer and closer to being justified by the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you when and if you're a Jew and you look at the law and you try to keep the law, you know what happens? You realize you really can't keep the law. Amen. And if you're not a Jew and you don't have the law, why do we tell our kid? Why does any parent give their kids a list of the Ten Commandments on a Monday morning and say, "Now live by this"? No, but when they do wrong, what do you do? That's wrong. That's wrong. Their conscience, their spirit bears witness to that's wrong. And they start to have an understanding of what? Sin. Well, okay, I'll just do, you know what? Tomorrow, mom, tomorrow, dad, I'll just do right. And I'm not going to sin. And yet tomorrow comes and what do they do? They sin. <clears throat> and they soon realize by the unwritten law or by mom and dad's law, they cannot keep it. You do right. God gives you some light. You're getting closer and closer to realizing you ain't that good after. Shall be justified in the future. I want you to know that you're a sinner because there's a time in the future where God's going to get a hold of your heart. And by the spirit of God, you're going to be regenerated. You're going to be justified before God. The law is good. People need to know that they're a sinner. And one of the ways that they can know they're a sinner. Go to James 1. I just had this thought. Let's see. Let's see James 1. One of the ways they know that they're a sinner is by realizing, man, I can't keep any of these rules. Uh, James chapter 1. 
Look at verse 20. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. How's that, kids? <laughs> Isn't that a shock full verse of words? You just go and look them all up. And receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. The word of God is going to save you. Not laying aside your filthiness. Amen. You see the, you see the order. It's not don't do filthiness. It's if you're a parent, it's look, don't do filthiness. And your child says, Oh, will that save me? No, 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 no. The filthiness won't save you. Well, it, it'll save you from a whooping. It'll <laughs> save you from consequences. It'll save you from going down a road that you shouldn't be going now. Yeah which is why you have young adults incarcerated because they never had a father and they never had a mother that said, Hey, this is the rule. This is the law. Don't do that. It'll hurt you. Right. Amen. You know why we don't like laws? You know why we don't like rules? You know why we don't like commandments? Because we love ourselves and we want to sin. And everybody that cares about us says, here's a law. Here's a rule. Here's a commandment. Not because they're trying to force you. Well, sometimes we do. But because we're trying to save you from yourself. Hmm. Laws and rules are good. Yeah. Because it teaches you character. It teaches you right. this is wrong. Right. Sin is wrong. Sin will ruin your life. And then someday you realize, wow, I am a pretty bad sinner. <laughs> Yes, it's time to me to be justified. And I can't put away enough filthiness before God to merit righteousness. So I might as well just receive the grafted, the engrafted word. Then he saves your soul. So it's not trying to put away all filthiness to be saved, but we try to get people to put away filthiness because we know. That whether it's the written Mosaic law or the unwritten law in our hearts, we know it's wrong. We want to teach people that it's wrong, so they do right. And then it says, verse 22, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. If your soul saved. Is your soul saved this morning? If it is, say amen. amen. If you're saved, if you're God. saved this morning, why wouldn't you want to do what the word says? You want people to get closer to close and closer to being justified by faith. Being justified by faith. Go to Luke chapter one. Luke chapter number one, if you would. Luke chapter number one, let's go down to verse number five. Luke one, five. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah, and his wife was the daughter of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. So there you got Zach and Liz. Happily ever after. And look what it says in verse six. 
and they were both righteous because they kept all the commandments. <laughs> we read into the verse, and they were both righteous before God, comma. Before God, they were righteous. And as a result of that, after the comma, guess what they did? Walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. They weren't accepted before God because of their walk. But because they were accepted by God, they walked. Amen. That's the order. It's not clean up your life and try to live right. It's no, God washed me. God saved my soul. God imputed his righteousness to my account. I go down to the bank on Monday morning and I see I got a million bucks in there. I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. But it's, a, it's discredited to my account. Now, you can't ever give a word picture that so describes the glory of salvation. But that's about as close as I can come up to now. Okay. God credits his righteousness to your account. Can you imagine that? You can't because you think you're good. You think you've got just a glimmer of goodness. And I, I really should have been saved, God, because I kind of was a sinner. But there's so many other bad people. You can't get a hold of God's righteousness being credited to your account because there's something still in the flesh of man that thinks, yeah, I was bad, but I wasn't Charlie Manson. Sure. That's good. I'm bad, God, but I'm not Charlie Darwin. <laughs> but he gave you his imputed righteousness. And if you would get a hold of that, then you would walk according to his ordinance. Why, to be saved? No, I'm already saved, man. I'm just so thankful for the credit that I got. Look at verse number 13. Verse number 13 again. Romans chapter 2. I lost my spot. In verse number 13, for not the hearers of the law are just, Allow me to pull this out. It doesn't say for the law is just, but we know that the law is good. That's in, in Timothy somewhere. So we know the law is good. That's said elsewhere. But it says, for not the hearers of the law are just before God. There's a contrast. The hearers versus the doers. So God's saying, doing, not hearing, is what his judgment calls for. You have an unwritten law in your heart. You do wrong. Well, you do right, you do right, you do right, you do right. Yeah, I'm pretty good. Well, why are you doing good? God wrote something in your heart to know right from wrong. But you do good, you do good, you do good, and then you realize you don't do good. And God's going to judge you based on that law that was written in your heart, and you didn't keep it all. You broke it, so you're guilty. And you do good, you do good, you do good, you do wrong, and then you look back and say, oh, that was wrong. And then, by the way, all the stuff I thought were good, that wasn't good either. Because <laughs> I had a wrong motive when I did it. <laughs> But I'm telling you, God wrote something in your heart. Yes. Verse number 14. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law. These having not the law are a law unto themselves. That's everybody, a law unto themselves. You can't get away from that because it's written. Right. And your conscience agrees with it. God didn't give the Mosaic law to all the nations. 
he gave the Mosaic law to one nation. So I can say, well, God, you didn't give it to me. No Gentile received it. Yet they knew right from wrong. They knew right from wrong. Look at, uh, okay, so how did they know right from wrong? Well, look at verse number 15. Watch what it says. Romans 2.15, which show the work. They did works. They took a course of action. They made a decision, an external decision. Because of what? Look at verse 15, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. Let me read this verse wrong to draw out another point. Look at verse number 15, which show the law written in their hearts. What did I leave out? Which show the work of the law. God wrote a work in your heart. He wrote it. He wrote a work in your heart. And God's judgment will clearly comprehend verse number 16. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of man by Jesus Christ, according to my gospel. That'll be next week. But God clearly can judge and clearly can comprehend because he wrote a work in your heart. Amen. Verse number 15, their conscience also bearing witness. That means men begin with a belief in God. And people push away the conscience that God gave them. What did Brother Kelly say this morning in Sunday school? In the beginning, God. You know what he said? It's real deep theology. I mean, you, if you weren't here, you missed it. It was the deepest theology you'll get all month. He said, in the beginning, God. And then he said, well, that's good enough for me. What do you think? You need eight years of seminary to figure that one out? <laughs> God's not trying to trick you. Hey, man. Hey, he man. declared righteous. He declared his righteous truth. Hey. He didn't spend Genesis 1 trying to argue enough evidence to convince the world that he's God. No, he said, in the beginning, God. Well, I don't like that. Well, quit. In the beginning, God. Well, I don't think. Yeah, that's the problem. You're thinking. You don't want to obey. You don't want to believe. You don't want to trust. And it's the same thing. Well, I don't have the written law. Well, you got the unwritten law. Man tries to put God on the witness stand. Sure. And you know what Paul's doing under the Holy Spirit's inspiration? He's given every charge against man before we get to Romans 3, 21, 22, 20. Before we even get there, he's laying it all out. And he's covering every argument that man can come up with. Conscience. And their thoughts, verse 15, and their thoughts, the meanwhile, accusing or else excusing one another. Now, I'm not anybody that does evangelism, I'm for. But we need to be careful. Are you and I lost because we didn't keep the Ten Commandments? Or are we lost because we're sinners? Because if I said to you, well, have you ever heard the Ten Commandments? Yes. Well, if God were judge you by the base of the Ten Commandments, were you innocent or guilty? I'd be guilty. Okay, have you ever stolen something? Yes. Except what if the person says to you, well, God never gave me the law. If you knew your Bible well enough, you would know that God gave that law to the nation of Israel. And you'd have to stand there and say, huh, you know what? He was right. <laughs> His argumentation really is to justify himself before God and say, well, I'm not responsible for that. It's like being tied in the bed. Somebody tied me there. 
What do you think? You go back to Genesis and Adam and Eve when you think that uh, they didn't have the Ten Commandments. You're not going to hell because you broke the Ten Commandments. You're going to hell because you're a sinner. Matter of fact, you didn't have Ten Commandments. You didn't have any commandments given to the nation. So Moses, you go back into the garden, Adam and Eve. Did Adam break any of the Ten Commandments? No, it wasn't given. Adam disobeyed the one command that God gave him. And he disobeyed that command. And when he disobeyed, we all know that the world plummeted into sin. Sin entered into the world. And when sin entered into the world, do you know what God wrote on man's heart? An unwritten law. A conscience. And without any Mosaic law, without any law written on stone, they knew they were naked. No law. How did they know they were naked? There were no tables of stone. God didn't give them anything. But they knew they were naked. Because God wrote a work on their heart. And they had a conscience and they knew right from wrong. And in their conscience, they decided this is wrong. And so we need to do right. And then they decided to sow fig leaves. No commandment given. But they decided to sow fig fig leaves. They wanted to do right, except their right and their goodness wasn't good enough. God said, no, I'll I'll clothe you. You, Y'all just chill. Thank you. That's the problem with some of our modern churches. You got people walking around, girls coming in the church house wearing fig leaves. The preacher's afraid to say anything because they're afraid they're going to lose mommy and daddy because daddy's a big giver. God decided he was going to help them out. They didn't have the law, but they had a work written on their heart and their conscience bore witness and their thoughts said, you know what? We can't excuse this. We're ashamed. We need to be covered. But it wasn't good enough. God helped them out. But God wrote a work in their heart. Verse 15. Their response was because of their conscience bearing witness. In 1 Timothy 4. We see the Bible says. You don't have to turn there. But it says speaking lies and hypocrisy. Having their conscience seared with the hot iron. And so you can't hear. You can't hear God. In the fall. We go up to Albany, Kentucky. And we are. Fellowship with a like-minded church, and there's a Bible conference there. And the first night after the conference, I'm just leaving and coming home, and it's a dark road coming from, you know, there's nothing up there. So you just figure, man, this road's wide open. Let's just open her up. <laughs> and so I'm going at a pretty good pace. I'm going at a pretty good pace. It never crossed my mind that there was a speed limit. Until my conscience was awakened by flashing lights in the back. (laughs) And then I end up getting pulled over. And all of a sudden, my conscience was very, very clearly awakened. Uh, Where are you going? Uh, Home. Where are you heading from? And as a preacher, you hate answering the officer. Uh, uh, A Bible conference right up at and, of course, the officer can't help but laugh. Are you, are you a preacher? Yeah. So he was a gracious 
merciful <laughs> lawman, and he allowed me a pass. Yet he could have clearly brought down judgment, and I would clearly be guilty of judgment and clearly deserving of judgment. Are you seeing? Are you connecting the dots or your own on this? My older daughter, when I when we were living in New Jersey, had her in the car and we're driving home from somewhere, and the police officer pulled me over again. I was at a pretty good pace. And uh, so she says afterwards, um, Yeah, Dad, um, this is the second time in my life I've ever met a police officer up close and personal. Oh, really? When was the first time you met one? And she said, Oh, it was the last time you got pulled over. <laughs> 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 That's pretty good. Look, our conscience bears witness. Sure. And we need to be careful. We need to be uh, we need to be aware of this lost and dying world. They have their conscience has been seared. Seared. If you're if you're a parent here this morning, I bet you none of you think this. Well, I'm just gonna wait until my child understands what sin is. I'm going to under, I'm going to wait until they understand um, commandments and how to diagram that in a sentence. And I'm going to wait until they really understand uh, what doing wrong and doing right is before I correct them. Nope. Not one parent thinks like that ever, even lost parents. You start as soon as they do wrong, you say, no, you, you don't sit your three year old down for a 30 minute lecture on sin and imputed righteousness and the Ten Commandments and thou shalt not. No, you just you swap. No, don't touch that. Why? Shall be justified. You want them to know sin brings consequence. Sin brings pain. What you're doing is wrong. They can understand that. They can understand and be able to give you all the definitions that you want. It's not necessary. They just need to know, hey, quit. Because if you don't teach them, hey, quit, 20 years down the road, they're going to be locked up. Because they're never going to, they're going to be completely seared and have no idea what is right and what is wrong. Go to Deuteronomy 4 and we'll start to close. Deuteronomy chapter number 4. God gave the law to the nation to do, not just to hear. It wasn't just story time. Oh, that's a nice story. No, it was to do. And he says, now, therefore, hearken, O New Testament church. Except it doesn't say that. What we're reading is in relation to contextually the nation of Israel under the statutes and of the judgments which I teach you. He didn't teach anybody else that. He taught them that. For to do them, that would be the statutes and the judgments and the law command gave them, that ye may live. How? Physically. What do you mean by that? And go in and possess the land. You mean heaven? No, I mean real dirt, real landscape land. Physical earthly land. 
which the Lord God of your fathers giveth you. Shall not honor the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish all from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. God gave them to do. And when they did those laws, they were saved, right? No. No. The law never saved anybody. God didn't give that nation laws to keep so that they can earn spiritual soul salvation. He gave those laws for them to keep to worship him as a way of worshiping him. They obeyed. It was worship. They got to possess the land. When the nation obeyed, they won the battle. When the nation obeyed, their crops came up. When the nation obeyed, they didn't get sick. When the nation obeyed, they conquered the land. But the law was given so that they would obey it. But, John said, you don't have to turn there, but, the, but did not Moses give you the law, and yet none of you keepeth the law? Why go you about to kill me? They didn't keep it. They couldn't keep it. Couldn't keep it. So if I take my glasses off, Do the words change? They don't. But if you wear glasses or have contacts, when you put your glasses on and you put your contacts contacts in, do the words change? No, they just, it's the same words. They just become more clear. Kelly talked about this in Sunday school, you know, the evolution and all that. They look at the same rock. They use the same shovel to dig up the same dirt. <laughs> They read the same Bible. It's, it's, not, it's not like it's not there. It's just that their conscience has been seared. And God's word should be the glasses that adds clarity. That's why they want to throw it out. That's why you're the mean, bigoted, narrow-minded preacher. That's why Amen. you're a threat to society and civilization as we know it. Because they, they don't want God. Amen. They don't want, they love being blind. They love it. And you're trying to give them some glasses to add some clarity to it. Luke 11, but he said, yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word and keep it. Blessings come from those that hear God's word and keep it. When you hear his law, when you hear his command, don't think, oh, that's how I get to God. Don't think that because you won't keep all of them. But if you're saved, it's going to be a blessing to your life. If you obey what he says, the nation got blessed physically. And there were some spiritual blessings there. Anytime you obey God, you get a blessing. But as New Testament Christians, when you obey God, you might not have a big crop come up, but you're going to have a spiritual crop come up in your life. You'll be blessed spiritually by it. If you know these things, it says in John, happy are ye if you do that. Mm -hmm. You know why people aren't happy? It's just a burden for them to want to live for God. God wants us to be blessed. He wants us to be happy. And none of that means a Bentley's going to show up in your driveway. None of that means 
you're not going to get sick because you ain't Israel. That means you're going to be happy and blessed spiritually. What Brother Kelly was talking about, the fruits of the Spirit this morning. We need glasses so we can see. It's there. We just need to add some clarity. We're coming into tax season. And what everybody is looking for, especially if you're a business person, you're looking for every legal tax exemption that you can take. And in Romans chapter 2, 13, 14, 15, and we'll, a little bit of, we'll do 16 next week. What people are looking for is a judgment exemption. They're going to God and they're saying, come on, God, give me the exemption. Like they would say to an accountant. Hey, come on, give me this exemption. I'm, I'm, I'm exempt because I'm. Don't allow any lost person to try to give you an exemption. Don't allow them to get by with that and taking that to God. Because if you allow them to give you an exemption, you seared their conscience even harder. And they're going to be further away from God. Compel them to do right. Their conscience will start bearing witness. Won't save them, but someday they'll come to the point and realize, wait a minute. Shall be is coming to fruition. It's time for me to trust Christ as my Savior. God is fair. God is just. If you're a Jew, no exemption. You got the written law. If you're a Gentile, don't try to say, well, look, God, I'm exempt because I got no law. No, he gave you one. He wrote a work in your heart, your conscience. You know right from wrong. He gave you enough light to know who he is. Who he is. And he's going to judge you according to what you know. And he's going to judge you according to the chances that you had to know. Be real careful. I'm making fun of the preacher or the Christian that's handing somebody you a gospel track. Right. Be real, real careful. God's putting it right in front of you and you're stumbling right over. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.